big junior day weekend for the University of Alabama. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson says me, Jimmy Stein as him. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day. And thanks to FanDuel for being the sponsor today. Um, Jimmy, it is junior day this weekend or junior weekend. I don't know. what well, something like that. And there's going to be a lot of important prospects here. Do you think that Alabama could get a commit or, fingers crossed, a recommit from somebody like an Antonio Coleman, a Zion Grady or whatever um, from this weekend's festivities yeah i do i do i i i think i think it's something that's uh i want i I can't settle on whether uh you know being being a former lawyer uh i want to pick my words carefully and i can't settle on whether uh, i want to say that it's possible or probable it's obviously possible obviously i want to say it's probable but no we have no at bol we have no information that, that uh, a commitment is imminent, like we're not told, hey, watch for this or watch for this, or we're getting from some source, hey, this could happen. It's not that at all. But going on past junior days, uh, it's very possible. Going on the fact that Kalen DeBoer and his staff seem to have a lot of recruiting momentum right now, it's possible. Based on the fact that some of these guys, as you pointed out, Luke, in your, in your point that you just made, that some of these guys were committed we're serious about Alabama than decommitted. I think I think most of them over time will hop back on board, and, and it could be sooner rather than later. So, uh, yeah, I want to even say it's probable, but I'm not watching a specific kid. Uh, I, I just think having that many kids on campus, that many talking to the coaches, that kind of excitement that's building with DeBoer, uh, it's something we need to watch. Y'all should uh, – Y'all should uh, monitor it all weekend. Uh, Luke and I will for sure. I mean, for those who know me, that's just the kind of thing I do all weekend. That's why my monitor, my family hates me because I just spend most of the time on the computer refreshing. So, uh, just where's dad, a, where's dad? He's monitoring. <laughs> uh, so, okay, you you say you don't have anybody specific, but you say it's I would say almost probable. How many players will be here? Do you know? Uh, I, mean, I don't have about- a speci- I don't have a specific number, but uh, based on what we've been able to accumulate at BOL, uh, I-, I think that maybe more than twenty, okay. and uh, probably fewer than forty, because I think at some point you get kind of gets unwieldy a little bit. But let- let's say thirty, you know, right around that, and uh, they'll do stuff all day. We've talked about it here on the show in the past. They'll probably even do that maybe that scavenger hunt thing. And that's just a good way to, for, for them, for, for kids who haven't been here to see the campus. Uh, a lot of them are just getting to know the program, no different than the coaches. That's what's kind of a uh, fun whenever you have new coaches, uh, they're telling the kids who are like, Hey, have you ever been here before? And kids are like, no, no, I've never been to Tuscaloosa Forest. My first time being here. And the coach is like, yeah, I was saying the same thing five days ago, you know? So, so they're all sort of new uh, in, in so many ways. And uh, so there's a lot in common there, uh, but uh, they'll go to the basketball game too. those that stick around because the basketball game's not till seven 30. 
so some of them will leave before then. Some of them may stick around because uh, that is sort of a late day when basketball is not tipping off to 730. But uh, I'll be there at basketball and I will have my eyes peeled. And uh, hopefully on a show that we'll do on a Sunday, Monday, we can talk about the uh, sights and sounds. Like last time I was there uh, for basketball the other night, you know, I looked about two sections down in the stadium and there in the arena and there's Ryan Williams, Jalen Abakwe and Rico Scott all in the in the uh, student section. Ryan wearing his hard hat. So. Uh, so, yeah, sometimes at the basketball games you can see these things going on. Yeah. And look, I don't want to switch gears necessarily, but um, this basketball team deserves a big crowd Saturday. Uh, I won't be able to be there. Uh, I wish I could. But I think if you are more of a football only gump um, mm -hmm. and only follow basketball when it's successful, then if you need a justification to go to this game, then understand it is a big junior day. Understand a better crowd is better for the atmosphere and better for recruiting football. So if you need a justification to go to basketball, even though you're not a super basketball guy, understand that your presence at this game Saturday could help with football recruiting. So, um, it, look, I'm, I, I know I feel like I'm begging for guys to, to and gals to be at the game, but, um, man, this team – this team's pretty doggone tough. And Nate Oates, I mean, we talked about it the other day. He's he's just he, – dare I say he's the best coach in the SEC? I mean, is that well, crazy? Well, no, because if you consider that – I know people get sick of me saying this. It just sounds so cool. But, you know, the SEC, the last seven trophies they've handed out, four of them have ended up in Nate Oates' hands. I think that's all the evidence you need that he might be the best coach right now. I just have a lot of respect for a guy like John Calipari, who's done it for at such a high level for so long and is sort of one of the faces of college basketball to me. Uh, I, I'm just uncomfortable saying, well, Nate Oates is better than Calipari. But in terms of the most recent results and considering Oates is at Alabama and Cal is at mighty Kentucky. Uh, yeah. And I think Bruce Pearl is outstanding. I think Rick Barnes is a hall of famer. I think Chris Beard is one of the better coaches in college basketball right now. And uh, I'm impressed with some of the newcomers. Uh, Luke, like Chris Jans at Mississippi State, I think Todd Golden at, uh, at Florida, even uh, Mike White at, at Georgia is doing a good job. That dude at South Carolina. Uh, Paris man, Johnson. Yeah, yeah, he's he's winning. Uh, so I think there's a lot of good coaches. Muss, Eric Musselman was doing a weirdly really good job sort of, and now this. So I'm not sure where to put Muss. But before the season started, I'd have ranked him pretty high too. So league's full of good coaches. But in terms of the most recent successes, you'd have to put Nate at the top. And if he somehow – look, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I, I'm trying to enjoy the moment with uh, basketball because a lot's good. Alabama's going to have – I mean, we have two games against Florida. Florida just went into Kentucky and won. We have a home and away against him. That, that's no – neither one of them is a gimme. Um, we got to go to Ole Miss. They haven't lost a game at home yet. We'll see how they do against Auburn this weekend. Right now, I predict Ole Miss to win. Um, we still got to go to Rupp. Um, we still got to welcome in a Texas A&M team that's got Wade Taylor, the, the 25th or whatever he is, and he's awesome. And um, <laughs> And, um, you know, we got to go to LSU. Look, yeah, we should win that game. Of course we should. Uh, playing on the road stuff mm -hmm. in this league. Um, we still got to welcome in Tennessee. 
Uh, by the time Arkansas gets to us, they may have untangled their web. Um, All Arkansas has to do is pretend it's an NCAA tournament game. I mean, that's where Mus's real success has been, right? I mean, it's in in the NCAA tournament. It's like they they almost struggle to get there, or they don't exactly blow the doors down. Then they get to the NCAA tournament, and they don't lose. Uh, there's a lot going on at Arkansas right now, allegedly, though, and um, I, I have so many jokes that I can tell none of them. So <laughs> uh, I'll just leave it at that. I think if you know, you know. Uh, but, Jimmy, look, it's time to get back into your countdown, and we're going to start uh, and smell what the rock is cooking. You won't get that play on words that I just used. Uh, until after I get done with this live read. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I love FanDuel. It's so much fun. It makes every game that much more fun. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or several Ws. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, which players will have X amount of yardage, which players will have X amount of receptions, how many points will be scored, coin toss, everything. They got it. Much, much more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. That's pretty awesome. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, which is America's number one sportsbook. So we're going to continue Jimmy Stein's world-famous uh, roster countdown with Rock Montgomery. Before we get into it, I just want a, a personal note here. Um... A loyal listener and a great American. And I'll just say, uh, I'll call him Albert F. No, that's too obvious. Let's go A. Finch. Um, <laughs> I love that joke. Uh, but Albert uh, uh, Albert Finch came by uh, representing uh, Chase Bank to talk to me. And he's a loyal listener and appreciate him. And I hope he's listening now. Uh, super dude, for all your banking needs, go see Albert Finch at Chase Bank. He is a super, super American. Um and we had a lot of fun. And if you just need somebody, you know, to waste an hour and a half of your day, I'm kidding, Albert. I loved having you here. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We talked about a lot of stuff. He's a good dude, big Bama fan, and uh, appreciate you, bro. Um, but let's talk Rock Montgomery now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rock Montgomery, um, uh, offensive lineman that, um, hey, may be called into some pretty serious duty this year. Yeah, it's been the personal news. Recently fully changed his name. Some of y'all might remember that during recruiting, uh, this is the artist formerly known as uh, Raquez uh, McElderry, I believe. Uh, but he has formally changed his name through the legal process and uh, is, is now uh, Rock Montgomery. Do you so, think he did it for us because we had so such a easier. problem pronouncing that? Well, if so, boy, shout I mean, out. I'm talking about you and me, not us yeah, as a fan base. No, I'm talking about, no, I'm talking about yeah, yeah. And if so, shout out to Rock because, boy, that's going above <laughs> and beyond. And if uh, Olas... Allenin wouldn't mind going with, you know, being the second James Smith on the team. That would also be quite helpful to us. So, so get on that whole loss. But uh, uh, no, Rock is an interesting guy, by the way, 55 on the countdown, which basically means, you know, it's partly countdown. It's really a roster ranking. We're ranking the roster. We just start out with, okay, who's the best player on the team? Uh, that guy's number one. Okay, who's the second best player? 
We do it all the way down to, uh, and we have Rocket, the 55, 55th best player on the roster, not counting true freshman early entry guys because they're not college football players yet. They're still prospects. We're only counting guys on the team, guys who have played or practiced college football. Rock is 55. He spent this past year redshirting. Uh, he's played center. He's played guard in practice. Uh, both. By the way, uh, I think me. I think he's going to be. Yeah, hmm? he wears number yeah. 55. Isn't that weird? You think maybe that uh, was a, a. You think he did that think, for us too? <laughs> now I was wondering if that was uh, like uh, some sort of subliminal thing that came to me when I was doing the rankings. Like, okay. who should I put at 55? I didn't mean to cut you off, but I thought that's a great point. I think he wears number 55 and I just confirmed it. Yeah. 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 That is quite the, uh, quite the coincidence. Uh, Center guard. I think before Alabama brought in Parker Brailsford from the portal, that rock stood a chance of being the team's starting center uh, this fall. I mean, I think he's that good. I think he's, he's that close. I think it's more ideal for Alabama that they bought in Parker Brailsford. So now Rock isn't thrown into the deep end of the pool or thrown into the fire uh, because it might be a little early. Uh, he's still working on his body. He showed up a heavy player, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of work that needs to be done strength and conditioning-wise. There's also a lot of work that needs to be done when you're going to play center. It's not like playing guard or tackle. you got to know a lot when you're the center. you got to make the line calls. You got to snap the ball, which has sort of been a thing at Alabama. Y'all may have remember from last season. So Rock will probably, I'm guessing this spring, Luke, spend time at both center and guard. Uh, I do believe he's a guy that down the road will be a, a, a significant threat to, to get into the starting lineup. Uh, there is some talk that, that he's that good. Had to beat Georgia uh, to bring him in. In-state kid, loves Alabama. Not one of these guys that considered leaving after the Saban stuff. He's from Anniston, Alabama. So, Rock Montgomery, good guy to know. Almost certainly will be no worse than a, a two, which means second-team player. And which means, hey, Alabama wins most weeks comfortably. So, most weeks you do see the twos at the end of the game, right? To say nothing if maybe DeBoer plays more players than Saban did. Saban just sort of played his starters on the offensive line, and that was that. Who's to say DeBoer won't have a different philosophy at Alabama? But uh, but but Rock is a, is a significant player to know, even though he's right here at uh, 55 in the rankings and 55 in the media guide, literally. Um, I love how you, you said he's from Anniston, Alabama. Uh, <laughs> well, some people might not know. Got to be confused with Anniston, New Hampshire. I mean, um, I know a guy named Mike listens all the time. He's in Canada, so he might not know. But it reminded me of there's an old Louis C.K. story where he said, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about Jesus Christ. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, anyway, um, so, yeah, I think uh, Rock Montgomery, look, I I think he's got a golden opportunity here. And people worried about Parker Brailsford and and size. Um, You know, I heard somebody the other day uh, on, on maybe a national show talking about Parker Brailsford, and they kept talking about how he got destroyed against Michigan. I don't remember it being that bad. Now, I'll be honest, I didn't watch that game the the entirety of the game. Um, But I also know Michigan had some superstar defensive linemen, so I don't think he got necessarily destroyed. I think 
Michigan's defensive line probably overwhelmed, uh, by the way, the offensive line that won the Joe Moore award. Um, but regardless, I, what I'm saying is it's great to have such a technically sound center like Parker Brailsford and then also have a gigantor uh, right. human being in Rock Montgomery who, I mean, he's, he's 332 pounds. At least that's what he's listed on the roster. Yeah, he might even be – could even be heavier. We'll have to see where strength and conditioning has been. One interesting thing is soon we should get an updated spring roster, which will have some updated sizes, and I think that will be really interesting. I think Rock is a guy uh, that will be really interesting to, to see in terms of where he's listed size-wise. I, I, You know, when I watched Washington-Michigan, I did watch it like, like all the other college football fans, but I didn't watch it knowing that the Washington coach was about to be the Alabama coach and that I needed to pay particular attention to uh, to Jeremy Bernard and Parker Brailsford. But I'll say like Luke did, when I watched the game, I didn't notice the center getting whipped. Uh, I mean, it, I'm sure it happened at times because Michigan's so good up front. Certainly happened to Alabama, you know, uh, you know, in some snaps against Michigan. But I will say this, that I do know that he played well against Texas. And against Texas, he probably spent – some time blocking that uh, Tavondre Sweat guy who has been, by the way, tearing it up at the Senior Bowl, mm-hmm. who's 300 gigantic pounds, and he handled him. I'm going to say, if he can handle Sweat, then this dude can handle an SEC schedule. Uh, I agree with anyone that it would be ideal if Parker Brailsford put on some size and got a little stronger and bigger. I, I agree. But I also think we've already seen this guy compete against elite defensive linemen in the sport. And he did beyond fine. He's second team all pack 12 ESPN has him as a preseason first team, all American. So I think we can't go too far with, Oh, he can't play at that size. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm with you. Boy, you brought up an interesting point. Had we known, look at you muting during a cough. I dig that. Um, And had, had we known, had we known, what we know now that Kalen DeBoer and Jeremy Bernard and Parker Brailsford all, and you know, I guess Austin Mack, even though we didn't see him play any were coming, we would have all watched that game a lot more intently. Uh, And so maybe I should go back and watch it. Uh, But here's another thing I just thought about Seth McLaughlin, who had so much trouble snapping the ball and, and especially against Michigan. Well, he's going to Ohio state. Who's their biggest rival? Michigan. (laughs) That's and hey, I, I'll I'll go ahead and go on record with a this will sound crazy to people. And hey, what do you know? I'm crazy. Uh, but but I, I think how about this? I think Parker Brailsford and Seth McLaughlin both will make minimum second team all conference where they're at. I think Parker Brailsford will be first or second team all SEC at center. And I think Seth McLaughlin will be first or second team all Big Ten at center. And those are the two best conferences in, in college football. But uh, got to have good players to win. And Parker Brailsford is a good player. Good point you make about, about watching Washington closer. Just made me recall that after Alabama hired Dennis Franchoni in 2001, uh, Franchoni left TCU, but TCU was playing in a bowl game in Mobile. And uh, I went to watch TCU knowing that, hey, this is the team that Fran just left and he's going to be coaching Alabama. And I went rooting for TCU. I bought a TCU hat. I, had, I made a little horned frog hat that I wore to uh, 
the Mobile Bowl game, uh, and I can't remember who they played. Some I literally can't remember who they played. I want to say they played some team from the MAC, like Bowling Green, but I, I, I don't remember. Hmm. It really made a mark on you. It did. Um, I, I remember the hat. And it was right. cold. It was cold. Jimmy, the next guy on your countdown is Curtis Blow Perry, and we'll talk about him here in a second. Okay, Curtis Perry, Curtis Blow Perry. Uh, for those who don't know, Curtis Blow sang a, one of the greatest rap songs of all time in, in basketball. Uh, it is absolutely fantastic. First rap song I could ever sing uh, front to back. I knew everything about it. It was fantastic. Um, still good. But uh, regardless, uh, Curtis Perry, I don't know what his rapping game is like. I do know in high school he was a terror. I'm a little shocked that he has not made more of a contribution so far to Alabama. Is it a size thing, Jimmy? What do you think this is? Because I'm a huge Curtis Perry fan. I want him – I want everybody in Alabama to be successful, but I desperately want him to be successful. So what needs to happen? Yeah, my guess is so far it's been a size thing. And him not being, you know, Saban's defensive line, uh, you know, playing in, in Saban's scheme, a two-gap scheme generally requires pretty large defensive linemen to play those roles. And, and Curtis Perry listed uh, uh, currently on the roster at 265 is obviously smallish for a defensive lineman. He's had back-to-back -back red shirt years. Can't really do that, but I just bring it up in the sense that Curtis Perry's been on the team for two years. I don't believe he's played in the game at all. Uh, in two years. I don't think if he's played, he might've played in one game maybe, but, but he, he would have qualified for a red shirt in both of his years. So that's why he's down here at number 54 on the countdown. He's played less than any veteran on the whole football team. So that's why I've got to rank him down here, but that doesn't change this fact. I like Curtis Perry. I know Luke does. I do too. I was glad we took him. I'm still glad he's on the team. Here's some uh, good fortune though for us Curtis Perry fans. Uh, the new scheme allows for a kid his size uh, in the bandit position, which is really a strong side defensive end. Curtis Perry may be a fit for that strong side defensive end role and, and play the bandit spot and might find himself uh, an easier pathway to getting on the field under this new scheme. So that's pretty exciting. Um, uh, he, again, he can be a good interior pass rusher. He's relentless. He's a major effort kid. He wants to be here. Here's a kid who hasn't played in two years. Did he leave? Nope. And trust me, if he went to a place, especially like a Troy or a South Alabama, oh, he would be on the field minute number one. And 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 it, but has he left? No, no. There, there's a lot of want to in this kid. I think he can be really good. He just needed the right opportunity. And then here comes DeBoer and his new scheme. And uh, I, I, I'm guessing Curtis Perry will move to the bandit spot and he might get on the field. And I'll, I'll be excited to see him. I mean, I, I just – God, I, I got to call him a couple times in high school. And I just I, – I, yeah, I noticed he was maybe a little undersized. But I, I just thought – you know, he, he reminded me of like a quicker Nick Gentry. Yeah, I like it. Um, and it took a while for Gentry to play too, by the way. Gentry didn't did. really get on the field till later. And when he did, he helped us. Yeah, it did. I mean, look, he, he's not the prototypical 
size you want and all that stuff. But boy, his motor was just always going. And so, you know, maybe in this new defense, he finds more of a home, you know, who knows? Um, but I'm, he's got a big fan in me. And I just feel like uh, this is a guy that can, if he can get it together, he can, he can be a star and be one of those stars that, you know, you really love as an Alabama fan. Look, we all love Tua Tungvaluwa, and we all love, you know, Jalen Hurts, and we all love Devontae Smith, and uh, all these guys, that Derrick Henry, all these guys that aren't from the state of Alabama, Mark Ingram. They, they're all fantastic. Love them all. But, you know, especially for guys my age and your age, Jimmy, I mean, you got a soft spot always for a Bobby Humphrey, you know. Right. Um, and so you got a soft spot for anybody that is from the state of Alabama and that also might be a little undersized. So, I mean, I, I know he's not from Alabama, but Javier Arenas, you know, he doesn't have your prototypical uh, measurables, but boy, all he did was give you a hundred percent every single time he was out there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, here's hoping that Curtis Perry uh, can get it together and get on the field a little bit more, Well, that's going to do it for today's. Oh, I did want to add this, Jimmy. Um, a lot of, uh, Crystal balls are coming in for Naheem Offord. Is am I saying yeah. that right? Um, that's how, how I've been saying it for Ohio State. Uh, yep. Of course, from Parker, one of the top ten players probably in the country, maybe the top player in Alabama this year. Um, I mean, I guess going to Ohio State is better than going to Auburn or Georgia. But wow, I was really hoping we could. Yeah, I'll be disappointed. I love that kid so much. I mean, in terms of this is a five star, just a great, great cornerback prospect. I mean, this this is kid's really good. Uh, I, I I think the world of him as a player. Uh, I, I hopefully, De, he gives DeBoer and Mo Linguist, who will be our cornerback coach, I hope that he uh, holds off, and I hope that he gives DeBoer a really long chance here. I just can't help but think right now Ohio State, this is just my perception. This could be factually wrong, but I think a lot of people will agree with me right now. Luke. Ohio State seems like they're being quite aggressive in the NIL space. Maybe is that the way to phrase that? I think that's a good way to phrase it. If, if and, and again, that's just a perception that I have right now. And if so, I get it. Name offered, I get it. But uh, man, it sure would be great for a Birmingham kid who looks like a future first round pick type talent uh, to 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 play for 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 Alabama. And and, and it's not like they don't uh, participate in the NIL space. So uh, let's uh, let's see how it works out. But yeah, I've seen those crystal balls and RPMs, as we call it, uh, on three. And uh, I, I think uh, I, 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 I'm a little disappointed, a little shell shocked. I'm, I'm hoping that that goes another way because Naeem Offord is a heck of a prospect. I wonder if the fact that we signed three of the top four cornerbacks in the country this year may play a role too. Yeah, I mean, it would have it. It would, and most that's how recruiting works. That's how recruiting works. They they do know this. They pay attention to that. Yes, two and three corners can play at a time. That's helpful. Uh, but uh, yeah, they. I mean, it it hurt Alabama this year in recruiting edge guys because last year Alabama signed three five stars and Keeley Rousseau and Yonze Pierre. Alabama signed three five star edges, and it really hurt Alabama trying to find uh, big name edges. That were interested in this class, they they just don't want to go sit behind, uh, you know, a large class signed right before them, full of five stars. So uh, that could be a factor as well. I just hear Ohio State right now at this moment and think, you know, saying Downs, 
uh, you know, all their their recent uh, transfer success. Judkins, Will Howard, who was probably weirdly, Will Howard was probably the most highly recruited quarterback out of the portal this cycle. You know, and he ended up at at, at Ohio State. So, uh, yeah, I think Ohio State's uh, moneyed boosters. Uh, we're not fond of losing to Michigan three years in a row and then watching, watching Michigan win the national title. Imagine Alabama fans watching Auburn uh, not only beat Alabama three years in a row, but go win the national championship. Uh, Alabama get a little aggressive recruiting too. No doubt about it. That's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back ASAP with more. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.